0: coming up on the medicine podcast. Tons of astrologers who told like JP Morgan and these different people to not go on the Titanic. Wow. Did not look good. And so the day the Titanic was supposed to leave JP Morgan didn't go. I'm pretty sure it was him not Rockefeller is one of the two. Damn that alone to me is like a myth buster it's like dude like the wealthiest people the people who have made huge impacts on this planet have used astrologers and it's actually saved their life
1: well and i think that that debunks the myth that it's pseudoscience you know if, if these highly powerful people are using this as a ace up their sleeve
2: this episode of the medicine is brought to you by immune intel ahcc the best immune supplement on the planet check it out at themedicine.com hello you guys welcome back to the medicine mimi here you know me and you know who's next to me my love my what's
1: going on everybody this is chase (laughs) welcome back to the medicine we are honored to have a special guest today our friend rachel veritimos welcome to the medicine podcast
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on here with you guys. Yeah, this is going to be fun.
2: We've we've known you for years, and it's been a long time coming, and we're so excited to to have you on the show and to get to dive into these different fun realms, these realms, these modalities that we've all heard of, probably, but we're going to go a little bit deeper into, into your work and um, how you help people in the world and your coaching and everything. We're super excited for that. Before we get into all of that, the first question that we ask every guest on The Medicine is, what do you love so much in your life? What aspect of your life do you love
0: so much that you wish you could gift it to everyone? It's honestly what we're about to talk about today. It's astrology. I'm the type of person where when I get into something, it's the only thing I think about from the moment I wake up to the moment I'm <laughs> bed. And as I walk through the street, I'll be thinking about astrology and I'll just be thinking about that person on the street and observing them and uh, who they might be and what their sign might be and like what their rising sign might be. And then I'm like constantly like looking at the daily astrology and constantly looking at, I have like hundreds of charts in my phone because everyone I meet, I'm like, let me have your chart. And then I'm like, (laughs) It's like all i do so i would say that's <laughs> it and then that's also what i bring to the world because it's the only thing i can think about and be about mm, that's really cool we haven't I, had that answer before
1: it's funny because i've i wonder with people who are really into astrology and i, I love it actually I, I think it's freaking awesome and it's just one of those things that we just haven't jumped into the deep end on on yet but we have a, a psychodynamic astrologer we go annually and every time I'm in that space, I'm like, damn, people who know this well must walk around the earth with this lens of assessing everybody and their potential charts, whether you know their birth date or not. You're probably guessing what their yeah. sun sign is or whatever. <laughs> probably like,
2: Are you born in November? Huh? Yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. Yeah.
1: And so I'm I like, what, a, what an incredible tool belt to just walk around life with and being able to get a nice little snapshot of people.
0: A thousand percent. You guys actually hit the nail on the head. That's literally me walking around and asking people when their birthday (laughs) was staring at them and thinking about them. And I need to know.
1: Yeah. You're you're the most interesting person at a party for sure. Yeah. Well, we've teased a little bit, um, maybe briefly just for some context before we get into the weeds of some of your work. You know, what is it? What, how, how do you define the work that you do in the world today?
0: So I help people use astrology in a really empowering way to step into their highest self, their highest timeline. I help people use astrology because this is how I've used it in my own life. If I I've used it to help me like kind of jump into the currents of life, we'll call it. So if I know a certain current of life, like there's a certain energy in the air, it's brought a lot of awareness to my life. And then it tells me, okay, what do I need to focus on in my life right now? Like what is this energy telling me to place my attention and intention into? Because when we work with the energies in my experience – your life flows with so much more ease. Um, you can take bigger, bolder risks with a lot more certainty. It's almost like, to me, astrology is like this net or like the masculine container. And then you're like, okay, that container's there. I can jump and kind of go swim in it and see what happens. Um, it's helped me. It's So I haven't talked about this yet, but I've hosted six retreats in the last two and a half years. And I wouldn't have hosted retreats if it weren't for an astro- me getting into astrology and getting a reading and someone talking about my south node and my gifts I came in with. And because of something she said, my brain decided that means I could host retreats, even though I had no clients, didn't know what I was doing, had never hosted a retreat before, had just been attending a lot of retreats and literally... Decided to host a retreat off that reading and in one month filled it with 14 people and it was the best thing I ever did and went on to host six more in like two years. So to me, that's what astrology does for people. And that's what I now do with my clients, too, is I help it. It's a really great tool for people to become aware of things in themselves that might be painful for them to become aware of, but actually helps them almost like uh you know how we talk about like checking your ego or like not living from the ego it helps them see where they have been living from the ego and then actually rise above and notice their patterns and notice and think to themselves I don't want to live in that pattern anymore because my birth chart is telling me to rise above it. Mm. Um that's how I really like to use astrology. I like to use it in a really empowering way that tells you you're not stuck as this person. This is your roadmap to becoming the highest version of your birth chart. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's this one astrologer I follow, Deborah Silverman, which I know a lot of people know her. Do you guys know her? I haven't mm-hmm. heard. Uh, did she write the book, The Last Astrology Book You'll Ever Need? No. Um, I don't think it was her. I forget. Okay. I,
2: I read that book and I couldn't
0: remember the author. So I, I don't think I have heard of her. Well, she talks about this concept, and I do agree with it, just based off of my observations of people. Um, she talks about this concept of she will interview a lot of celebrities and because she feels like they've mastered their birth chart, or she'll interview celebrities that she knows that have like made it, are really happy, actually have really good lives, and she talks about all the things they've had to overcome in their birth chart and how they've actually mastered it, and that's actually something I've seen in my own life like your birth chart tell and in the lives of clients I work with, your birth chart tells a story. It tells where you were when you were born. It tells you the traumas you've been through. It can tell you um, illnesses you're more susceptible to. It can tell you what um, like mental health issues you may be more susceptible to. It can tell you what your gifts are. It can tell you like so much. Like to me, it's like the best roadmap, but it's one that doesn't keep you stuck. It's one that allows you to kind of just place your attention and intention into certain areas of your life at certain times in order to grow in the most efficient, um, like quantum leapy type way. Mm -hmm. I've thought of it in the past. It's what it's
2: felt like to me is sort of like a cosmic permission slip, whether it's trying to step into your highest version, like the highest version, the highest timeline that you talked about under or the, the opposite where it's like, you're understanding more about your nature and almost like, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, after we've gone through multiple sessions with our astrologer and looking at our birth charts and how they line up together and everything, it's felt like, oh, that's why I do it that way. Oh, that's why I think that way. And it doesn't necessarily need to be something that I have shame around or that I feel like I have to change, but rather understand it and be able to observe it in the moment when it may be affecting my life in a negative way. And then- just it it sort of provides a little distance between you and the thing, you and the thing that maybe you don't love about yourself, or maybe you've tried to keep hidden before. It feels like this cosmic permission slip to step into those, be aware of them, but then also step into the greatness, step into um, the the highest
0: timeline like you're talking about.
2: Does that feel resonant at all for you?
0: You just explained it perfectly that's exactly how i love to use astrology and help people empower themselves to use astrology in that way yeah yeah (laughs) i
1: doubt our listeners need this but just for the sake of of um maybe the one or two people who might need a definition you've you've said master your chart can you just define quickly chart how do you get a chart what does it mean and you can just be really quick so i would assume most people listening have a have a general understanding and then, what does it mean to master one's chart? I think we've talked about it, you know, touched on it a little bit, but what does that actually look like? What does it feel like?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. So, your birth chart, you can find your birth chart by basically just Googling. You can Google birth chart, put in your birth info, you can get your birth chart. Uh, I like to use Time Passages. I think Time Passages is a really great app. You can download it on your phone and you can put your birth information in, and then it will tell you, it will give you a picture of the birth chart. But most people don't know what that is. They'll look at it and be like, this is Chinese. Yeah. and then yeah, it, yeah. You know, uh, and then they'll give you like another section, which is all of the planets that are in your birth chart. So we're all familiar with the sun sign. The sun sign is like your base personality. It's the month, the day you were born, right? Like your sun, where the sun was when it was moving through the sky. Um, But then in your birth chart, I know a lot of people know about the big three. We have like the moon. We have the rising sign. So if you go on time passages, they'll have a list of all of your planets and zodiac placements. So you'll have your sun. But then the thing is, is most people don't realize that each planet is also in a house, which the house is the area of life in which that planet shines. So the way I like to think of a planet is the planet is like a movie character in your life. So the sun is the star of the show. It's like the star that's like strutting its stuff. Everything revolves around it. Everything comes back to it. It's like the strongest part of the chart. It's your life force energy. The more you act like your sun, the more life force energy you have. A lot of people don't know that, but it's Mm -hmm. true. If You're like lacking life force energy, then look at what your sun sign is. And Mm -hmm. if you sign, maybe you'd benefit from more grounding and more presence, you know, Mm -hmm. and more actual action. Can I stop you there for just a second? Yeah.
2: So just to just to give an example of what you mean by that, um, I my sun sign is Leo and Chase's is Gemini. If we were to apply the advice that you just gave, what would that what could that practically look like in our life? And then we'll get back to the the last half of that question.
0: Yeah. So for you, Mimi, you're a Leo. It's a fire sign. So you might regain your life force energy by being in the sun. Sunbeating. Definitely
2: 100 percent. That's why I moved from the Pacific Northwest and <laughs> I'm here in uh, San Diego with my love.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then for Chase, he's a Gemini. That's an air sign like breathwork can be really good for bringing yeah. back his life force energy. Mm. Um, writing, journaling can be really good. Just like getting his thoughts out on paper. So he's not like thinking too much because thinking can be really <laughs> meaning for an air sign.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I spend my life thinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I so get the Gemini sign. I have Gemini South node and your South node in astrology. I'll just go over that part real quick. Your South node is it's like your past life, or if you don't believe in past lives, it's who you were as a kid, like what you like really overdid as a kid, and you're a master of that zodiac sign in that area of life, but you've also mastered it so well that you've gained a, you have a little wounding there, and mm-hmm. so in this lifetime and over the course of your life, you're meant to balance it out with the opposite zodiac sign on your north node. It's like your north star. And then what that does is it helps bring healing to that south node. It's like release some of that, like you overdid that. You did that a little too much, like too much of anything's not good. Like move towards your north star. So I get the Gemini sign really well. I get the overthinking my south nodes in Gemini. So I resonate with that. Um, So, yeah, that would be an example of your sun sign, right? Your sun signs also your leadership, leadership, your purpose. And then we have your moon sign. So your moon sign is your inner emotional world. Typically, people won't get to know your moon sign unless they really know you. Like it's a very intimate, private part of you. Um, Your moon sign is what you need for emotional security. It's like actually your needs. So when you understand your moon sign, you can get a better idea of what you need to feel Mm -hmm. emotionally filled, secured, and good in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. And then your rising sign is actually how we learn to be as a kids subconsciously. We like picked up on these little things from our parents and we were like, okay, don't act this way, act this way. Or we were like, okay, um, like for example, if you're a Libra rising, that's like a very social sign. It's people-pleasy. It's very... um, Some people say Libras can be superficial, but really it's that they're very considerate of other people. And so as a kid, if you're a Libra rising, you learn to be very considerate of other people. Your rising sign is so deeply ingrained in you that it actually ends up determining the whole rest of your chart. So Mm. that's why it's so important in astrology to also know what time you were born because it can shift your chart a lot. Um, And your rising sign will then tell you what planet in your whole chart rules your chart. So you would look to that planet. This is, Mm -hmm. astrology can get so detailed with so many layers. Um, But then we have more personal planets like your Mars sign. That's how you take action and what you're passionate about and what you'll fight for. Mars can separate things and cut things away from passion, but it can also like, you know, move forward and initiate things and make things happen. In medical astrology, when people often have like health issues, it's usually some sort of imbalance with their Mars placement. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Like, for example, I have Mars in conjunct my moon in my whole life since I was first born, have had weird sleeping issues. And when you have an in conjunct, it makes one of the planets act way stronger. So like my Mars will be too strong sometimes. So I can't sleep. And then my mm. moon's in is the sign of dreaming, sleep. Um, so that's how detailed astrology can get. So you can look at your Mars sign for that. Um, then we have your Mercury sign. That's how you think, communicate, how you process information, how you learn. We have your Venus sign. That's your relationships, your self-worth, what you find pleasure in. It's also your love language. Like the people you're attracted to is your Venus sign. Mm. Um, and then we also have like farther out planets like Saturn. Most people have heard of the Saturn return. Uh, if you haven't, it's kind of like this planet. Saturn's the planet of teaching you responsibility. It's the planet of time. It's the planet that will give you a lot of roadblocks and limitations because it wants you to learn whatever area of life it's in. So whatever house it's in, it wants you to learn that house like really well. And so it's going to give you a lot of roadblocks and a lot of limitations. But it's also an area of life where you almost are overly responsible and cause your own roadblocks because you're too responsible. And it causes this fear. So either like don't do anything with that area of life and then Saturn comes and gets you or you're like overly responsible taking all this action and meeting all this frustration because it's coming from this energy of fear. Mm. Then we have Jupiter in your birth chart and Jupiter is the planet of growth, luck and expansion. And it's kind of like, I watched this TED talk one time where this woman talked about how people weren't lucky. They just cast wider sails, like lucky people. Mm. They do more, they take more action because they're more passionate. And that's what Jupiter is like. Jupiter is whatever sign and area of life Jupiter is in. It creates luck through creating a wider sail through that, that zodiac sign and that house. And then we have Pluto, which is this planet of death and rebirth, which I'm a huge fan of Pluto, but also a lot of people hate Pluto because it literally can kill. It can take things away. It could ruin mm-hmm. your whole life. But the purpose of Pluto is to take everything away from you so you can find your power and rebuild it yourself. Um, And then we have Neptune, which is this planet of confusion and delusion and no boundaries, but also, like, your dreams and intuition and rose-colored glasses. And then we have Uranus, which is this, like, uh, rebellious planet, which we're about to move into a really Uranian two decades. Um, Uranus rules Aquarius. Like, everyone talks about we're moving into the age of Aquarius. It rules technology. It rules, like, doing your own thing, not going with the status quo, revolution, um, humanitarian causes. So those are all aspects of your birth chart. And in your birth chart, um, often we will express a version of that planet, but what it means to master your birth chart is getting to the higher octave of every planet mm. than that planet zodiac sign and area of life, aka house that it covers. Does that make yeah.
1: sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You know, what I'm thinking about is like we we talk a lot about, you know, masculine and feminine dynamics and there's like mature versions of masculine and feminine and immature versions. And then there's like of those immature and mature or what you would call like child adult, there's shadow sides or out of balance sides, whether there's too much masculine or not enough masculine, you can be out of balance or in a shadow version of masculinity. And I would imagine, you know, mastering masculinity would be in the balanced version of a host of different masculine archetypes or representations. And not unlike what you would have with mastering one's chart is that these various attributes are expressed in in a balanced way, almost, you know, using the analogy of Picking up the currents, I think you mentioned early in the conversation where you're aware of the flow of the stream and or the river and you set your sail accordingly to where current will take you such that you're avoiding these seemingly moments in life that you're fighting upstream.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. The way I like to think about it is. Hey friend, are you like me
2: looking for ways to age gracefully and beautifully, but also naturally? If so, then we must be aware of the nutrients that we are gifting our body and cells to resist premature aging. One of my favorite ways to do that is with tremella mushroom. Tremella has been used for centuries for its unmatched cellular hydration, aka healthy glowing skin by holding 500 times its weight in water. I get my daily Tremella with Mushy Love Latte. This is Chase and I's delicious mushroom elixir that we formulated from scratch to support healthy, hydrated skin cells, shiny, strong hair, gut health, and robust immunity. My favorite way to enjoy Mushy Love is blended with cold milk. It seriously tastes like liquid graham crackers. You can also enjoy it steamed or blended into your vanilla protein shake or as a cinnamon swirly coffee creamer. To grab yours, go to getmushylove.com and use the code MEDICIN, M-E-D-I-C-I-N, for a nice discount. Cheers to aging gracefully and naturally.
0: We're all striving for balance, like exactly like you said in this lifetime. And that's why if you look at a chart or if you look at all the zodiac signs, Libra is the exact middle of the zodiacal wheel. It's the seventh. There's 12 signs. It's number seven because it's halfway through. And it's the only image that is not an animal. It scales because it's about Mm -hmm. balance. Mm. balancing the zodiac wheel and that's really like the goal of anyone in life right like the goal is for us to find that balance to walk that like tightrope in between being in our feminine and our masculine and like the highest version of it mm-hmm. totally yeah it's so fascinating honestly like
2: all- astrology is one of those things that um you know we can have a, a conversation like this and i'm just like <sighs> you know it's so something lands deeply. And, you know, we've, we've delved into a bunch of modalities like this modalities for self-development, for awareness um, for improvement. Yeah, exactly. Just awareness of yourself and your nature and things like that. And, you know, some, some modalities land deeper and stronger with certain people, I think for a reason. And, Astrology, although I I haven't gone super deep into like every single facet and like memorizing all of it and really getting into it, it is always, it is something that I can feel in myself that I'm drawn to more so than learning about the Kabbalah or human design or, you know, some of these other modalities that people use to learn about themselves. And I don't know what that is. Um, I don't know why, but, um, I'm curious to hear from you because you've been a coach for years. You've delved into other modalities as well. Um, maybe t- talk about that a little bit and why you are maybe in this time of your life and career, like turning more towards astrology versus these other modalities.
0: Yeah, so for a while I was actually really into human design. Human design was like one of my first loves. I became a reader. I like took a whole course, like course and everything to get certified and I did it for a while. And I did find it to be very accurate and it can be very empowering for people and I do think that there's aspects of it that are so um helpful like learning to trust your gut, right? And like learning to trust your yes and your no. But what I noticed is that Um, a lot of people with human design tend to put themselves in a box. Like we all talk about like a growth mindset versus a stuck mindset. And I think sometimes unintentionally, um, we put ourselves into boxes when we learn certain things, you know? So like to me, astrology feels more like a painting with a paintbrush where it's like, it's like, this is the energy. Now tune into what part of the energy you want to tap into. Like I imagine in astrology, you're presented with an energy and it's like a, a range, like a bar, we'll say. And like one side of the bar is like this um, this house or this planet, this aspect of your chart can range all the way from here to here to here. It's like an infinite range almost, if that makes sense, where you can kind of like feel your way through and see what feels good and see what feels accurate. And it's more about accessing your own intuition. And if someone – like that's how I like to give empowering astrology readings is – I never tell people exactly who they are. I look at their chart and I will tell them their gifts. Like I'll be like, oh, you're really intuitive or like you're really good at this or you're really good at that. But if I see something in their chart, I always ask questions. I'm like, oh, you have this energy show up in your chart. How have you seen this show up in your life? And then they will tell me, better than I could have ever intuited that information. And then it pulls up other parts of their chart where I'm like, oh my God, now you telling me this story makes this whole other part of your chart makes so much sense. And then I tell them about this other part of their chart and then they can intuit that part of their chart. And it's a very like co-creative experience, right? Where it's like they're getting pings, they're getting new awarenesses, and I can work with them. Whereas in human design, it's kind of like you're in this box in a net box in a net box and it's like like think about people who are projectors versus manifesting generators and generators right like i'm a manifesting generator and because the generators in human design are thought of the ones that, who have all the sacral energy and can go 24/7 yeah they can they do have a lot of energy right like we have a lot of energy but the thing is is that i find that people will put themselves into a box and then try to force their energy or like be like, I have all this energy, so I have to use it. Or if they're not using it, it's like this subconscious guilt sits in because they know they have this energy and they're not doing anything with it. And then they're like, I'm just not in alignment. And this is just why I can't tap into it. And this is why nothing feels like a yes. And then they're just like frustrated and sad, you know? And then you see people who are like projectors who either your work yeah, there we go. We've got another one. <laughs> twelve-hour days, and they're like, and or maybe working a four-hour day or a twelve-hour day or whatever, and or maybe beating themselves up for not a concern if they're working a twelve-hour day, maybe not beating themselves up for not working conservatively enough and not conserving their energy and mm-hmm. not being efficient enough, and they're just like, why can't I tap into this flow? Like I do know projectors who work. Um, long hours and they beat themselves up over not living the projector lifestyle. And then vice versa. I know projectors who are like, I'm not supposed to work that much. Like I'm supposed to work this, this much. And then they're not moving anywhere with their life either. So Mm -hmm. it's just, it kind of, to me, that modality feels more masculine and less balanced, if that makes sense. Whereas to me, just based on my experience and like I'm sure people out there can disagree with me and maybe I'm missing something, but this is my personal experience. Um, Astrology feels like the perfect masculine container and feminine flow. Like it feels like here is the direction. Here is the like loose guideline. Now flow and allow your intuition to uh, expand and tap in and provide new awarenesses to you. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's definitely tracking. One of my biggest complaints about, uh, these various, you know, for lack of a better term, they're personality tests, and some of them are ancient, like astrology, and even human design is significantly more sophisticated than just a standard personality test. But I think we've all taken some version of trying to identify ourselves through a systematic formula and coming up with an answer. And, and so many of them are fixed, like you said, they're like sort of within this box. And I find that that leads to almost like a hypochondriac level behavior um, when you try to fit yourself within these sort of like categories of of personal expression that you either beat yourself up or you you try to attain some version of yourself that you've that you've been told is you almost to the degree that you're coming up with reasons why you know. Uh, or like, oh, of course, you know, I'm always going to underperform because of the following reasons that this personality test suggests. Um, Different from astrology, which feels like there's many more toggles on the dashboard of expressing oneself such that you can probably find the right combination of whether that be energies or personality traits that can be expressed in a combination of ways to manifest the life that you want to live, regardless of what your chart or whatever this personality test suggests. It's almost like When, uh, you know, we first started podcasting, we had like super dirt cheap Amazon equipment and your audio function is essentially an on and off switch. And then you (laughs) mature and you realize you need better quality. So you get a mixer board and it's got a host of these toggles and you can adjust sound and mics and you have just a lot more to work with to get the output that you're interested in.
0: A thousand percent. Like even like, for example, I am going to do a new moon report later today. And when I sit with the new moon report, I'm like looking at this chart, probably the one that everyone thinks looks like Chinese. But to me, it's like a bunch of planets and like aspects and how all the different energies are interacting. And I'll sit with it and it could tell a thousand different stories, to be honest. But it's like kind of like it's kind of like if someone tells you a story about their life. And then something about that story reminds you of something similar that's happened in your life, but in kind of a different way. And then you're like, oh, well, like, I can understand where you're coming from because this happened in my life. Even though it's like a different situation, different story, it's like same energy, Does that you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that's like the powerful part about it is like when I go to give like this new moon forecast later, I'll look at it. And I'll be feeling into the energy and then I'll like close my eyes and just kind of like feel it and be like, well, what does this feel like in my life right now? And then I'll realize, oh, I literally just had that situation pop up like an hour ago. I can literally share that. And it's the perfect depiction of the energies. And so from my experience, like you can really use it to grow because for a further example, like right now, Saturn's in Pisces. So we're all learning to either put up boundaries around a certain area of our life. So whatever area of life Pisces rules in your chart, whatever house Pisces rules in your chart. Pisces is ruled by Neptune. So Pisces has no boundaries. It's very intuitive, but it can also go to like the depths of hell. Like you know people who kind of like spiral. We're like if we've all spiraled. Anyone who mm-hmm. spiraled, like spiraling is a Pisces-Neptune thing. Spiraling down to the depths of the ocean. And not getting anything done and then another pisces thing is just like seeing everything with rose colored glasses but also being able to dream and be delusional to actually get you to where you need to be you know and so with saturn and pisces we're really learning lessons around um, where, what, air, whatever area of life Pisces rules for you or learning lessons, where do I need to put up boundaries and actually have more discipline with myself in this area where I tend to be more slacky and lackey and kind of daydreamy? And maybe where do I need to break down boundaries because I'm overly tied up and I think I'm like suspicious and I think something's going to happen and I'm kind of like spiraling about what could happen in this area of life and I'm not compassionate because uh, Pisces is also the sign of compassion. So, for how I would use this in my life to better my life, is for me, Pisces is in my sixth house right now. And the sixth house in astrology is your work, your daily routines, your health, your organization. Most of my life, I'm not the most organized person. I know it's something I've needed to work on, especially as my business has been getting busier and busier. Like, I've definitely needed to learn to get organized. And I had a situation literally pop up yesterday where I was onboarding a new one-on-one client and normally I would put people in for their sessions one by one. But because I know I'm here to learn Saturn's lessons of becoming more uh, organized and putting up more boundaries around it, for the first time I was like, no, we're going to plan out your sessions for the whole next six months and I'm not going to plan it like as we go. Which is a huge step for me. And if I didn't have that awareness that that's what the planets are asking me to do, I wouldn't have gotten out of my comfort zone, gotten out of my old patterning and actually done that. And once I did it, I was like, oh, my God, why did it take me so long to do this? You know? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, totally. Those those light bulb moments are significant. If somebody's, you know plenty of people are listening right now and and us included where we are fascinated by astrology and really you know see the value in it but we might not be become astrologers per se how does the average person interact with astrology on a regular basis if they're interested in it Um, how does that happen without becoming an astrologer like where do you point people to how do you encourage people to dive in if they are interested but know they're not going to like turn into or become an astrologer
0: yeah well number one i think it's really helpful to just have um astrology readings a couple times a year or even once a year just to get your bearings of what energies are going to come up for you very similar to what you guys do like if you don't want to become an astrologer, then you could go to an astrologer to help you figure that out. It's kind of just like, if you want to heal your HPV, you could try to figure that out. But if you don't want to become a person who's professionally doing it, you'd probably go to me, you know, like same thing. So I would say go to an astrologer. And, um, what I'm really big on is I love giving people transits and knowing what to expect, but that also knowing, um, Like what areas of their life and what parts of their chart are going to be activated this year so they know when they're in the low vibe and the high vibe of it. Um, I also do astrology coaching. So I'll literally do six months of coaching where it's basically like I am your in-pocket astrologer. You can boxer me every day. We have sessions a couple times a month. So anytime something's going on, um, like I have a client right now, she'll like – she's – new to dating and she's been going in and out of dating this guy and every time something pops up like she's like freaking out and wants to fall into an old pattern we pull up her chart in the astrology and it helps her like anchor in things we've been working on um so you could do that you can work with an astrologer you can work with an astrologer who does coaching or I'm really a big fan of YouTube university also you know yeah
1: right. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah that's true
0: yeah, yeah yeah
1: you know one of the questions that I had is that there's just a wide variety of Resources for learning about astrology. You've got books that go back seemingly to the beginning of time. Um, you've got social media now, which is, you know, pop influencer, pop astrology, spirituality, you know, from A to Z, take your pick. And then you've got, you know, hosts of different podcasts and YouTube videos. How do you assess a quality source of astrology inform- information uh, or influencer or author? And, and how have you found um a level of you know foundation in, in the way that you view your brand of astrology
0: okay well then i'm gonna first off by saying i'm a taurus so if anyone listening to this is a taurus we experiment rising perfect so you probably get this we were grounded i call i've always called myself a grounded woo-woo person uh, i i'm that. not Me really, too. you know <laughs> you too perfect I, like, recently come out as woo-woo because I'm so grounded. <laughs> and, like, uh, when I first met Ryan, actually, who, which is how I know you guys, he said something to the effect of, oh, it's because I'm an Aries and I had an eye roll. So, like, because I was just like, that is too woo-woo. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what is that? <laughs> real. So, I'm a person, Taurus is, we need experimentation. We need proof that it's real, you know? So I've spent the last several years like running tons of experiments. Like it's just been me. That's why I have everyone I know's chart in my phone and why I memorize everyone's chart and why it's the only thing I think about, because I started noticing what works and what doesn't work. So when it comes to what you had just asked me. Um, I actually find that a lot of different astrology modalities, like if we look at Vedic astrology versus Western astrology versus then there's like, there's like all these different types of astrology, right? But then there's also different house systems. Like a lot of people will talk about whole sign house system versus Placidus house system. And what a house system is, is I kind of brushed over this already, but in your birth chart, each planet is in a zodiac sign. So that planet acts like that zodiac sign, but then it's in an area of life. So for example, like a house. So for example, if you have Pluto in the second house, the second house is the area of your life that's actually ruled by Taurus. Um, but it's the area of life that is about how you nourish yourself, your self-worth, your skills, how you talk. Um It's how you make money, how you make income, how you spend. So if you have Pluto, the planet of death and rebirth there, then it's you're going to go through a lot of death and rebirth around how you make money, your self-worth, your income, your skills. Right. Do you want whiter teeth?
2: Well, who doesn't? As a registered dental hygienist, I'm here to share a little secret with you. If you want whiter teeth, you need to keep them very clean and optimally mineralized. When teeth are mineralized properly, they can better resist stain and decay that causes your smile to yellow over time. This is why we use Living Libations toothpaste exclusively. For example, their triple mint enamelizer toothpaste includes an ingredient called nanohydroxyapatite, which is bioidentical to the primary mineral that makes up your own teeth. So every time you brush, you are bathing your teeth in a mineral they already recognize. And your teeth are harder, stronger, and more resistant to decay and staining. Living Libations uses no harmful dyes, sweeteners, irritants, or other garbage that most toothpastes have. Honestly, most is garbage. Only the highest quality herbs, minerals, and other naturally occurring ingredients. If you go to themedicine.com and navigate to our medicine cabinet, it's there that I break down every Living Libations product that I use and provide a hefty discount for you. Or you can just check the show notes below for the direct link. Living Libations doesn't use discount codes anymore, so you gotta use this link if you want the discount. Enjoy stronger, healthier, whiter teeth.
0: But that So if we look at a house system how do they know where the planets are placed in which houses? Different house systems will divvy up the houses, like the different pie slices on the chart differently. And so different people will kind of like lean towards certain house systems and be like, those are the ones that work for my experimentation because all I do is experiment because I just need proof and I want it to be real. I look at multiple house systems. I find that all astrology actually tells the same story, just in a slightly different way. It's kind of just like different authors reading the story. But it's like, overall, it's usually the similar messaging. If you take the same birth time, birth location, and everything and put it into a different astrology system, you'll get a very similar um, story, but told in a different way. So I find that Vedic actually speaks to your soul more, like your like your inner your inner being, like the soul of who you are. Whereas I find that Western is more like the blueprint of who you are and then how it manifests in the outside world. But they both tell a very similar story, just in a slightly different way. Like if I look at house systems, a lot of people will use Placidus. That's super popular. The Placidus house systems, each house is cut up into different variations throughout the chart. And sometimes you can have two signs in one house. So two signs over one area of life. Whereas in whole sign, each zodiac sign rules an area of life. Um, I don't know if that just got like too advanced and complicated for people. But what I will say is I like to use both. When I look at people's career in midheaven, so your midheaven and your birth chart speaks to how you're seen in the public eye and what your career and purpose is supposed to be. I actually like to look at whole sign first. And I look at Placidus because sometimes your midheaven is different in whole sign versus Placidus. And that's kind of what I mean by when I come to a reading, I'll have both charts up and I'll like ask questions around it. Because typically the midheaven, your purpose is in uh, the 10th house. The 10th house in astrology is the house that rules your career, your legacy, your goals, how you're seen in the public eye. But if you're in whole signs, sometimes the midheaven is in the ninth house or the 11th house. So what does that mean? If it's in the ninth house, the ninth house rules your belief systems, your faith, your spirituality, your opportunities, like long distance travel, kind of like traveling all over the place. Um, the 11th house rules humanitarian causes and astrology and friends and networks and groups. So if you have your midheaven in the ninth house, in whole sign, then that means your public life is going to be very closely correlated with your belief systems. Like your career in public life also includes this area of life. Like you kind of have to merge the two. Mm. I just kind of like to use both because I find that it adds a lot of layered details and they will tell a similar story, but you can get those layered details by kind of the experimentation of using both in a lot of different systems, if that makes sense.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I get that. And it makes
2: sense that there's, you know, uh, this modality is so ancient that we're fooling ourselves, we're kidding ourselves if we think that it hasn't changed or evolved or the uh, translation over the years hasn't. So I, I think it's it's it makes sense that there's these different ways of looking at you know the cosmos and, and interpreting them um i'm not sure i can't remember what which one adrian uses our astrologer i think she does i think it's western okay. um versus vedic I, I could be wrong there we need to ask but her it does
1: make sense that you almost have to like massage the medicine into the individual right like you have to take a very personalized intimate approach to applying these technologies into the specific human being in 2024 and that might require, you know, piecing together, you know, various versions of this wisdom in a way that actually meets the, you know, bio individuality of the of the person that you might be working with or assessing yourself. Um, something that I want to make sure we at least quickly address, because we've talked about where we've got, you know, the planet in a phase of, you know, astrological significance. And then we've got our own individual lives that have these charts can you talk a little bit about the relationship like of the planet and the the epoch or the the era that we're in um as and how that's different from our own individual charts kind of the macro versus the micro
0: yeah so you mean like looking at your needle chart and let's say you have Mars and Leo but right now Mars is in Capricorn
1: exactly you- we you know we've got and I'm I'm totally broing this uh throwing uh, <laughs> this out but it's like you know we'll hear like well you know Saturn's in retrograde or whatever the hell it is. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. But (laughs) how does that have to do with my chart? I'm a Gemini sun and a cancer moon. What does that have to do with, you know, what I'm what's going on with me? Is this applying to everybody and me? Is it different for me because I have a specific chart? Like, how does that actually work?
0: It applies to everybody, but in different ways. So. Um, When you look at your birth chart, like it's a circle, like I said, it's going to look like Chinese and there's a bunch of planets around it. But the thing is, is every single person has every single zodiac sign and every single house, so area of life in their birth chart. And in a birth chart, you'll notice that there's all these lines, like lines between different planets. And you're just like, what is this? It looks like a mess, you know? um so those lines are basically telling you they're like magnet interactions if you see like a a red line it might be a square in your birth chart and it's it's basically telling you this planet and this planet are challenging one another they rub up against one another you're gonna have to integrate them over your lifetime and it's like just imagine planets moving through the sky and they're causing different tensions between each other's so then they express together in different ways right But then yours is like a frozen in time version of that expression. So your birth chart is the frozen in time version of that expression. And then the planets moving through the sky is like the current birth chart, right? It's like the birth chart of every day. Like what's happening today is
2: today's birth chart. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Exactly. There's a birth chart right now, this moment. And it has different energies, different lines that like different planets are interacting with each other in different ways. So... If you take Saturn in Pisces right now, for example, right? And then in your birth chart, maybe you have your moon in Pisces and The other thing is there's 30 degrees for each zodiac sign. So as the planets move through the sky in like a circle, they kind of go through each degree of the zodiac sign. You can imagine it's like the planet as it goes through the zodiac sign is like going through the age of the zodiac sign. And it's getting older and older and wiser and gaining more experience, right? So let's say um, in your birth chart, you have your moon in Pisces, at eight degrees. So that's the maturity it lives at within Pisces and never, it doesn't move. What well, kind of, with well, other techniques it would move, but we're not going to go there right now. It doesn't move. Um, and then Saturn's in Pisces. So you know, as Saturn moves through the zodiac sign of Pisces, it's going to get closer and closer to your moon sign. It's going to eventually pass your moon. If we were going to put today's chart over your chart, the energy is getting closer and closer. So Saturn could literally hit your moon sign And what that would do is it can make you feel more depressed, more self-critical, because that's what Saturn can do. Saturn's like the inner critic. It'll make you feel emotionally like squeezed and like, I need to do something. Like it will, it will activate that part of your birth chart. But then to take it a step further, um, if in your birth chart, your moon in Pisces has an aspect, let's say it's in, um, it's opposite your sun or something, right? And then Saturn hits your moon in today's chart, it will activate that pattern of your moon opposite your sun. So however that plays out in your life, that is being activated right now, and you're going to learn Saturn lessons around it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like, unending bits of
2: information available. And there's always something. There's always an aspect or a relationship. Like Chase and I kind of joke sometimes because I I follow a few astrology accounts because again, I find it fascinating and lovely. Um, But there's always it always it seems like the way that people talk about astrology sometimes, and maybe it's just like clickbaity stuff. It's it always seems like it's oh my God, there's this insane thing happening this cosmic event and you you you'd think that it was like you know an asteroids coming towards the earth like get ready guys this is going to be insane and it seems like there's always something happening like that and maybe there is maybe it's people embellishing a little bit but it is it is interesting to kind of sit back and observe you know, these big cosmic events, I I do think that there's like a lot of value. And I think that we can learn a lot about ourselves. And um, like Chase was talking about the macro version of, you know, astrology, what's happening on the earth um, in relationship to what's happening outside of the earth. Um, But do you notice that at all? Like, I I don't know, the, the accounts that we follow might be a little bit different, but it does seem like there's always this like, crazy cosmic event about to happen or happening
0: there well because they're there really like there is a lot of shifts and change yeah. like yeah. about where we are right now like were we here 10 years ago no this would be like wild everyone's quitting their job everyone's like i'm not going back to corporate like no one like no one would have imagined this but astrology predicted that this uh, that covid was going to happen and all of these things were going to happen so yeah major things do happen but just like how astrology predicted We just had that whole, you know, the last few years, it affected everyone differently. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, these major events do happen. Like, we actually have a huge event coming up right now. Like, (gasps) tell us. Okay. Pluto is about to move into Aquarius on the 20th of January. And this is a huge deal because okay, we've been going through this massive death and rebirth in Capricorn since 2008. We have been um, seeing into the truth behind the government. We've been seeing into like how all of these systems and structures we have set up and like all of these hierarchies we have set up are actually like some of them are really toxic and we're seeing the truth behind it. That's what Pluto does. Pluto is skeptical and it reveals the truth, the darkest, darkest truths. Um, But at the same time with Pluto and Aquir- uh, in Capricorn the last twenty years, we've been obsessed with hierarchies and putting people on a pedestal. and we've been obsessed with um privilege. like that's literally a Pluto and Capricorn thing is being because obs- it's obsessions in Capricorn it talks about who's above and who's below. And in astrology, there is no privilege because there's no tr- privilege on the inside. You know, some people can have really difficult birth charts and have really difficult lives. And some people can have really easy birth charts and still have difficult lives because if something hard happens in their life, then they aren't used to handling something challenging. And it's like, oh my God, what do I do? I'm not used to this, you know? Whereas if someone has a challenging birth chart in astrology, they can actually have more fulfillment in life from overcoming those challenges. And so there's no hierarchy, there's no privilege on the inside. But since Pluto has been in Capricorn, we've been obsessed with privilege on the outside and who's a victim and who's privileged and who's here and who's this and who's the boss and who's this and who do we listen to like who's the authority because that's also Capricorn being obsessed with authority figures and as Pluto moves into aquarius we're about to move into abolishing the hierarchies we're all we're all in this together we're all here for humanitarian causes And now the power struggle is going to be who can own their uniqueness and their individuality and bring things that are going to better humanity and that are going to be futuristic. Um, It's not just going to be that power struggle. It's going to be technological power struggles. Who's taking advantage of the technology? Who's creating the technology? How are we using the technology? Um, So we're about to go through a huge technological, like uh, life-changing revolution because Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, which is literally revolution. Like we can already... Mm -hmm. Aquarius also rules astrology i think astrology is about to be so freaking huge over the next 20 years we might even see some truth being told about astrologers who maybe aren't so great and like having the like there might be some astrology witch hunts but then Mm -hmm. there might be astrology empowerment you know because again aquarius rules astrology we already started seeing that at this new year everyone was saying i don't know if you guys noticed this on instagram everyone was like, this isn't even the real new year. The real new year is in March at the spring equinox. At the, Have you guys seen people talk about uh, that? Uh, no. Okay. Well, I've saw, maybe it's because I'm an astrologer, but I've seen so many people who are even just getting into astrology. It'd be, it was like this whole movement of people saying, no, this is the real new year. And I've never seen that before. And mm. I think we're already seeing the energy shift where people are looking at how to flow with the energies differently or kind of like rebelling against these old structures we've had in place. But then not just that, we have um, Taurus or Jupiter in Taurus and uh, Uranus in Taurus. So coming together this spring in this huge conjunction. So Jupiter expands everything it touches. Um, and then Uranus is rebellious, revolution, breakthrough, break free. It's like helping us break free of old patterns. So it can be kind mm. of uncomfortable because it's like this electricity feeling of breaking free. But it's in Taurus. That's like the financial system. Um, the United States has been going through its Pluto return. I imagine we're going to have some big like explosion in our banking system, some sort of new uh, shift. And it's funny because I I don't even study Bitcoin. I'm not invested in Bitcoin. I probably should be invested in Bitcoin, but I decided to look up Bitcoin's birth chart and I was really curious what would happen around this Taurus, Jupiter, Uranus conjunction because Taurus is like finances, the banking system, money, like, um, but it's also like nature and how we nurture ourselves and all of those things. And so I thought, oh, I wonder if what will happen with Bitcoin around this time. And I look at Bitcoin's birth chart and it's like got this stacked um, like energy basically in Taurus, which is its 10th house. It's public eye like uh, Mercury's there, which is this planet of news. And so I put on social media. I was like, I don't know Bitcoin, but I think like around this time in April, Bitcoin about to pop off or Bitcoin about to be really seen and visible and you're not going to be able to ignore it. And then I had a bunch of people. Uh, respond to be respond to me and say, you know, that's when the next Bitcoin halving is. And that's usually what happens. Is it becomes a lot more like it grows and it has a bull run. And I had no idea. But to me, like that's how powerful astrology is, is it can help you predict can predict like those really cool major things that are gonna happen. You might not see it as major in your own life, but it's kind of like the macro, micro, like you said, and it will impact you individually in a certain way. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fascinating. And I'm curious,
2: you know, one of the things that Chase and I have been talking about and, we, we, you know, we watch a lot of like Joe Rogan and, and some of these other types of podcasts that are interviewing like great thinkers and and the, the topic of AI keeps coming up as, you know, something like uh, Brigham Bueller from Ways to Well. Uh, which is based in Austin, and they're this like holistic practice of blood work and peptides and stem cells, and they are starting to use AI to help people with their physical health. So, you know, pretty soon there's going to be AI that can, you know, live in your pocket and you can ask it like, hey, you know, my blood work is this, or, you know, it will look through your blood work and tell you what supplements are, you know, best for you that day or whatever. Or, oh, you're on the day 14 of your cycle, you're gonna want to supplement with these, you know, and it's like your little buddy in your pocket, basically. Okay, we all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well. We need non-toxic, we need no pore cloggers, we need acne safe for our face. But what about the rest of our body? I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now, all that is in the past because one of my favorite absolute ride or die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their soft skin body lotion and body glow hydrating oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging, with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, pampered, and hydrated, like it can actually breathe. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you want to grab some of this body hydration love, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI, M-I-M-I, for a hefty discount on all Clearstem products, bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Enjoy. And then there's the flip side of AI that is chase and i talk about sometimes you know feeling sort of like unknown and scary where literally it could turn on humans at any point really once it gets past the the level of like hey it could all of a sudden decide that humans are accessories and they're really not great for the planet and they're killing themselves and might as well just get rid of them altogether, anyways like this is like doomsday like worst case scenario people okay i know but that potential exists, right? And so from your lens, looking at these different cosmic energies and interactions, specifically around technology, which we've already spoken to a little bit, technology and artificial intelligence, is there anything that you're seeing or that you've you've heard about that could give us like a little hope or or maybe not maybe that's just we just need a reality stick um but yeah is there anything around ai that you've been seeing or hearing
0: um well what i will say around that is, is i haven't heard anything specifically astrologically i will say though that i i have i feel like pluto you know pluto's here to teach us empowerment right So if we have this little AI guy who's in our body and telling us what to take and what to do when and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's basically like trying to sync up with who we are instead of allowing us to access our own intuition. You know, it kind of, it's almost like it sounds like disconnecting us a little bit more. Because to me, that's what technology has done. This is just my personal experience is technology is super useful, but it's also very disconnecting. And I think One of the themes over the next 20 years is going to be if you rely too much on technology and have your power taken away, Pluto, you're going to not be happy and you're going to have to deal with the consequences of the Pluto stuff. And then if you want to empower yourself, it will be about finding the balance between these new technologies and like actually listening to your own body and your own intuition Like I said, Pluto is always here to empower us, but it's up to us to take the move. And so with Uranus and Jupiter with this conjunction in Taurus, I actually think this is going to be one of those themes, too, because Taurus is about the physical body. It's about what's real, the Earth, food, real food, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, how we take care of ourselves I think that there might be some reveals that over the next couple years of how toxic some technology has gotten, and we're already becoming aware of that and how we really do need to find that balance within uh, nature with technology. Like, that's what I think this Taurus conjunction might be a little bit a part of. Like Maybe it's that over the next few years as Pluto leaves Capricorn, because usually the Pluto gifts come a few years after it leaves the sign. So I think what we might start seeing is how much we've been spied on, how much we can't trust certain technologies. Like, I think like our skepticism with technology is only going to grow, you know, and my hope is if someone listening to this, so you don't have to learn the like horrible Pluto lessons is learn how to use the technology without allowing it to like replace your humanness, Mm -hmm. Um, like things like that. if it goes in a really toxic direction or ends up being toxic, it's going to be revealed and it might be revealed in an extremely painful way Or it might be that we don't have to go all the way to that side of the pendulum. Hopefully, but it's not really how humanity works Um, you know and then have to swing back. So that's what I would say around that. Yeah, totally <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things that um
2: I recognize as very powerful and there's the potential, you know, for really good things to come out of AI. And I I don't even think, you know, we fully know. And I mean, the people listening, like, I don't know if any of us actually know how ingrained artificial intelligence already is into our lives. Like we just see a new update. We see a new technology device. We see a new whatever fill in the blank. And it's just like little by little by little, but AI is already like very ingrained in our lives. And I think to your point, just turning that awareness on how much technology is is in woven into your life such that if you didn't have this technology, you would be crippled, right? Like me speaking to myself, <laughs> I rely on GPS maps and I've since I was 16 years old and learned how to drive I've never had to really learn it for myself because I always have someone telling me exactly where to go that is a handicap because if the grid shuts down or for some reason don't have my phone or this or that whatever or my phone is dead like you're screwed and that's just one example Um, but I think being aware and understanding how technology is woven into our our everyday life, in maybe even a negative way, um, certainly social media with mental health issues and things like that, uh, for sure. But this is you know this is our tiger, this is our lion that you know uh, a thousand years ago people were were running from or figuring out how to live with or navigate or stay protected from. And this is just, this is our lion or tiger or bear, is our relationship with technology. And so it's, it is definitely like right there at the front of my mind, especially as, you know, you're, you're in this world too, where you, you have to use technology for your life, for your job. And so it's this delicate balance. And I just, I just want everyone listening to be aware of that. And, and, be aware of how you are using technology and and making sure that it's not every day, day in and day out using you. And so there, there's my little technology rant, but it's just been on my mind lately a lot. Um, not sure if you have any thoughts there, but
0: I do. I do. Yeah. Well, one thing as you were talking that popped into my head um, that I want to mention is that Aquarius is ruled by Uranus and this is it's the higher mind. So we're all going to be stepping into our higher mind and learning lessons around learning to step into our higher mind over the next 20 years. I think it's going to actually also be part of a psychic revolution that we're moving towards. Like, And so, yes, what Mimi said, like, have that awareness because you're going to be learning lessons to gain that awareness, whether you like it or not. So you might as well just like open your eyes a little bit more right now, you know, have that intention there and be really conscientious because um, I think a lot of people's gifts are gonna turn on through them learning to tune into themselves over the next 20 years. I think we already see a lot more people tapping into like intuitive gifts. Like it's becoming more of like a mainstream thing, you know? And the more you allow yourself to continuously tune into yourself versus relying just on technology, because technology is so great. Like it's, it's, you know, it is really helping us Get this podcast out right to a lot of people and all of these different things it's not horrible but i think the more people spend time going inward while also using technology and learning to access their own intuition and their own healing powers like you're gonna come out the other side of this next 20 years like the way more empowered version of yourself you know mm-hmm.
1: yeah you
0: yeah think like or swim energy definitely yeah, absolutely
1: what are some myths about astrology that we can debunk here?
0: You know, I actually think, and I don't know if this is a myth, but I was talking about this with my dad the other day that a lot of people think astrology is a pseudoscience, but it's been studied for thousands and it's for like the oldest one. It's the oldest one, pretty much. Um, and I was talking about my dad with my dad the other day. My dad is very technological and... um Old or older, so not super like, <laughs> you know. Uh, and he was actually telling me how, like, oh, yeah, well, NASA has been coming out with like astrology is actually becoming real and all this stuff. So,
1: <laughs> becoming I, real.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that like we're gonna actually realize this myth, I think will be busted, where I think a lot more people are gonna realize that astrology actually has a lot of scientific proof and evidence to it. Um, I'd say that's one thing. Oh, can I just tell like a fun story that might not be a myth, but I think it's so cool that I read in a psychic book? Sure. Yes. So the Titanic, you know that a lot of um, like the highest level people have used astrologers for mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Right? Like JP Morgan, the Rockefellers, like they use astrology. So the Titanic, um, there were t- uh, tons of astrologers who told like JP Morgan and these different people to not go on the Titanic. Wow. Did not look good. And so the day that Titanic was supposed to leave, J.P. Morgan didn't go. I'm pretty sure it was him, not Rockefeller. is one of the two I read. I've recently read this story. And like to me, it's like that's, I don't know, that alone to me is like a myth buster. It's like, dude, like the wealthiest people, the people who have made huge impacts on this planet have used astrologers and it's actually saved their life.
1: Right. Well, yeah. Well. and I think that that debunks the myth that it's pseudoscience, you know, <laughs> if, if these highly powerful people are using this as a ace up their sleeve. And I think, you know, in the world that we come from, which was we were born and raised in Christianity, it was considered like the dark arts, like yeah. it was considered like evil magic. And obviously we threw that out a long time ago which because so we've had so much value from it. But what's funny and, and again, to your point of things really shifting around the, the relationship people have to astrology both of our families are Christian. Um, and over the last four or five years, as we've gotten significantly more esoteric and spiritual in our life, we at family get togethers just have casual conversations around people's, yeah. you know, sun signs. And <laughs> it's re- it's really engaging. Like people will be like, oh my God, my son's a Capricorn. And like, yeah. that's totally him. And And, and there's a there's a a level of ease with that conversation that I don't think 15, 20 years ago, we would have been able to have surely not in the Christian school church communities that we grew up in, but even in our families who were relatively laid back around those types of things, but overall would have been like, "Eh, we're kind of not interested in what our Christian community would deem like the devil's (laughs) fucking like modality or whatever. Yeah. That it's like
2: somehow devil worship, but
1: it's a lot more of a, 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 acceptable normalized conversation to be talking about such things and so i find that as a really positive sign and and definitely a debunking of Mm -hmm. the fact that this is somehow associated with with darkness or evil
2: yeah well when you you know what he's talking about is we were at a family gathering and i I was asking people's birthdays and i was it was basically just the sun and moon combination and you know, people who, this is really the first time that they've ever heard much of anything about, they might not even know what their sun or moon sign is. Maybe they just know their sun sign. And so I'd be like, okay, so you're a Leo sun and Libra moon or whatever. That's me. But, um, and then you read, like I would read to them their chart or their um, breakdown, right? Their synopsis. And there's one or two things that, uh, or maybe more that really land where they're like, oh my God, that is so me and these are skeptical people by nature they're they're not people that are like yeah i want to i want to learn i want to they're just like you can't deny some of these things and um you know like we we i found um our nephew Emmett he's a Capricorn I think he's a double Capricorn and we were reading the the synopsis to his mom and this is such a a little character of a guy he is like the the just spitting image of a Capricorn and she we're reading it to him and she's like freaking out she's like oh my god and just could not deny so when you have that experience even if you don't Go any deeper than that it does turn on something in your brain where it's like okay maybe this isn't all just like woo woo and hocus pocus stuff like maybe there is something to that and i just think it's so silly that it it, it takes some convincing because we all know that the moon affects women's cycles that the moon affects all of the oceans on the earth how you are 99 percent water basically on a molecular level how is it not affecting your body and if the moon is like 1 million times smaller than Jupiter or Saturn or whatever I just made up that number but it's it's significantly smaller how would these much larger planets not also be affecting us uh, also not be affecting you when you don't um you know go out in the sun like we're from the pacific northwest and we're not in the sun we don't see the sun for like weeks at a time sometimes you feel depressed or at least i do i feel depressed i feel depleted because this it, it's a battery it's literally charging your cells how would it not have more effect in your life in other areas so like it's it's 0% of a stretch for me to understand that these huge cosmic bodies have impact on uh on us on a cellular level even so like uh, i just uh, it doesn't make sense to me why why some people still don't recognize it as a legitimate science
0: yeah i think it's about to become i think a lot of people will have astrologers over the next 20 years like i think it's just going to become like the next therapist or whatever like every right. astrologer you know yeah mm-hmm. well
1: and i think that would that opens up what we would love to be able to showcase is is your work you know it's fun to google search sun sign moon sign have a fun conversation with your partner or a group of people but if you want to use this as, as a therapy as we have we've mm-hmm. literally since the moment we got back together after we were divorced it has been a critical component to establishing the life that we want to live both individually and in, together and what will be our future family and things of that nature highly encourage that people, if they're interested in more than just kind of the surface level, um, fun party trick to go into actually using this as a healing optimization and, you know, manifestation practice by working with someone who knows this well and is well-versed. So maybe you could speak a little bit about the way that you work and, and the practice that you have in working with people.
0: Yeah. So the way that I work is I'll do birth chart readings where if you want to, like, let's say there's a certain thing that you want to work on in your life. I know a lot of people right now have career shakeups. It's in the astrology. I also, I don't know if you guys see this. It's like, everyone's like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like nothing's yeah. working, you know? So, one thing that you can come to an astrologer or me for is we can go so in depth into your purpose and what you're here to do and can provide so much awareness and context for you for that little light bulb to go up, even for you just to take the next first step. Um you can use astrology to help you understand your partner and other people in your life. Like, for example, Ryan is a Virgo moon, Virgo rising. He always wants to help me, but I don't want anyone to help me. It actually it really annoys me. And I realized like Virgo, Virgo moons and Virgo risings, they want to be needed. They want to be of service. And so I will... It's a really great, great way you can use astrology to form better, deeper connections because with Ryan, I started asking him questions. Can you help me with this? The first time I decided to ask him that based on me knowing his astrology, he said, oh, my God, I thought you'd never ask finally. <laughs> <laughs> like jumping like a freaking kid, you know. Um, so, like, also, like, astrology can help you understand Maybe why you're not clicking with a certain person and maybe it has nothing to do with you and you don't have to take it personally. We can just look at their birth chart. Like there's all these different things we can look at to help you rise above whatever your mind is convincing you of or who you currently are to create deeper connections, to create more connection to yourself. I want to give like one more example I actually was able to get into a deeper relationship with my best friend because her Venus is an Aquarius. She can be kind of detached and like not always coming from the heart because she doesn't want to get caught up in the drama. Aquarius does not want to get caught up in drama. Whereas I have a Pisces moon and I'm really sensitive and I got hurt by something she said one time and I didn't feel like I could tell her. And I was like, she should know that hurt me. And I went on on like a, a couple of weeks not talking to her. And then I had this aha of like, wait, her Venus is an Aquarius. She has no idea that what she said hurt me. And so it allowed me to gain some awareness of who other people in my life are, that they're not me. Like how many of us project who we are onto other people, you know? All of us. It's you know know. (laughs) all of us. (laughs) All of us. So it's an amazing tool for that. Like you can work, if you have relational issues, it's something we can work on. If you don't know what purpose or career you wanna go to, it's something we can work on. If you know you wanna take a big leap into this next career, I just got a new one-on-one client who wants to start playing poker, but she's terrified of leaving her job and her astrology, she's gonna be working with me over the next six months to keep that confidence going and know when to schedule her poker events and know when to travel and know when to do all these things so she has the best possible outcome. Not only does it allow you to know you're doing things at the best possible times, but it gives you the confidence where you you're like, I'm doing this at the best possible time, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, So these are all ways in which you can work with me and we can do like a single birth chart reading just to give you insight into various things. You can do synastry readings where we look at your partner's chart or you can like work with me for six months and we can literally like implement this into your life and help you take those big leaps and continuously gain. That awareness in your life so you can rise above your old programming and actually step into the new you. Over the next 20 years with Pluto and Aquarius, like you're gonna have to own your uniqueness. Like you're gonna be forced to step into owning you. You're gonna be forced to going against the status quo. And how scary is that for so many people to like not go with the status quo and actually have to go turn inward? So you can reach out to me for all of that. Because um, that's what I love helping people to is really gain the confidence to step into them and then relax into them.
1: Yeah, mm, I, I can tell. That. I can tell you, yeah. you're just lit up by this, and this is such a sweet spot for you. And, yeah, and that's so exciting because it's it's empowering to be in connection with someone that you're you are in relationship with for you know a resource to better yourself. When that person is just so lit up and you know that they're into this and they, you know, eat, sleep and drink the the subject matter that they are supporting you with. And like, I just love seeing that in you because it's, it's definitely one that this world needs when it comes to working with a, a technology like astrology.
0: Thank you. I appreciate you guys. So where can people find you and reach out to you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Rachel underscore Veritimos, or I just came on TikTok, which I'm like, oh my God, this, frick- this platform, I have I know,
1: never- we're not on TikTok. We're and not. We're like, it's oh for my, God. my own
2: mental health, yeah. honestly. <laughs> I know it would grow our brand and, uh, you know, but I, I literally can't, I can't. <laughs> Good for you.
0: Book it for good gentleman. for you. I started go and it's actually been really great for visibility. So if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's <laughs> at Shine Your Astrology. But I have had a set of blocking apps to stop people <laughs> on it. So we'll see you. how well long that.
2: There you go, and of course we'll have all of these links yeah. to everything in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for for coming on and talking with us and and sharing your light and your wisdom with our listeners. It was so fun to chat with you, and I can't wait to see what else you do. And you know, um, thank you for the insights. Thank you for letting us know what we can expect. Um, really, really grateful for you and your work
0: of course thank you so much for having me on like i love your guys podcast so much i love what you guys do i follow you i love your mushy love <laughs> it's like one of the best tasting things like i'm not even just hugging it like my friend uh kim you also interviewed her she also loves oh, yeah. love so yeah. i'm really grateful as well so thanks for having me on oh thank you we received so that much. we received that
1: yeah we hope to see you soon in the flesh
2: yes See you guys soon. All right. Thank you guys for listening and hanging out with us. Check the show notes for all of the links. Go say hi to Rachel and schedule a reading with her. If anything in this conversation landed with you, we'll see you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. Hey friend, thanks for listening. Did you hear anything today that expanded your mind, made you laugh, touched your soul, or caused you to think differently about this topic? I hope so. I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.